Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. Well, thanks for joining me by the fire tonight. Nothing quite like a fire pit in the evening to help you reflect and think and, well, tell a story. So we had animals growing up, just like I'm sure any other family. We had a host of them, though. We probably ranged the gamut. I think the things we didn't have were like snakes. I don't think anybody in our family had snakes. So just to set the tone, um, there are six of us. I'm the baby of six. But there's a 13-year difference between the youngest of the first three and the oldest of the second three. So me and Pam, twin sister, and Michael, our brother who's three years older, we we kind of lived a, a separate life in a sense of growing up at least. Uh, now the family's close and, and all that, but the first three kind of lived a, their own different, and in fact, they lived in a different city and, and everything. So me and Mike and Pam, we were the ones that kind of experienced the growing up years together. So I I love dogs, always have loved dogs. I am a dog person, loved my beagles. Oh my goodness. You would find me more times than not. You would find me outside, regardless of the weather, rainy, cold, snowy. In fact, there'd be many times that because it was so cold, I would be outside with blankets, sleeping with my beagle dogs in their dog pen, in their dog run, because I was concerned for their welfare. <laughs> Here I am, I'm, I'm bundled up in whatever I'm bundled up in, but I'm sleeping next to my dogs. So dog person, all the, you know, all the way through and through. But we also had gerbils. I remember having, I think we had hamsters. Uh, we would find strays from time to time. Birds, oh my gosh, how many birds we found. Tried to nurse doves and uh, robins back to health. And of course we tried to goldfish. I think we had fish. Not sure we ever had like a big aquarium. I, like I said, I think the only thing we probably didn't have probably like snakes and reptiles. I don't remember having too many of those, if any. But we also had cats. <laughs> now, I am not a cat fan. I love all animals because God made them and God says, God said a few years ago, it is good. <laughs> so when he made cats, I guess he said good because, but I just, I've never, now I like kittens, you know, the old, you know, the old story, the old, adage, you know, you like a kitten until it becomes a cat. And that was me. You know, kittens are fine, playful. But then when they become cats and turn into those weird, fickled felines, yeah, no thank you. So I don't remember who was responsible for getting Smokey. But Smokey <laughs> was not a cat. Smokey was a puma. Let's just settle that right now. Sm Smokey was a 42-pound puma. <laughs> I guarantee you. 
So Tomcat through and through. Oh my gosh, you know, catching mice. I'm pretty sure I remember Smokey catching rabbit. I think he ran down the deer one time. I don't know. Puma. It was a puma. So Smokey inside cat. And again, I don't remember who was responsible for the acquisition of Smokey the Tomcat. I, I want to say, I, I know in my recollection, it was the first cat I remember owning. Now, there are a couple more cats I remember, and we'll, we'll get to those here in just a few minutes. But Smokey was the one that, I mean, if, if, you, wanted, if you had to like a cat or if it had to have a cat, I would pick Smokey because Smokey was, well, totally, totally Tom, totally Tomcat. And I'm telling you, 42-pound Puma. <laughs> it was muscular. Smokey was big. And Smokey was mean. Smokey was hostile. <laughs> Seriously, I'm talking. So y'all remember, right? Many of you remember as you listen to this. And if you, if you, if you don't, uh, now I've said this before. Some folks have said, you know, the good old days, right? What are the, what are the good old days? 1940s, 50s, 60s? Further back, I'm sure people in the 1700s may have said good old days. I don't know. But really ever since then. So there were only, we don't know how many good old days there were in the garden. But honestly, when sin entered in, that was the end of the good old days, right? So, but I understand what they mean. I grew up on what I think to be good old days. Why? Because it's my childhood, right? And so part of the good old days for me, born 1964, late 60s and early 70s, Sunday night programming on the two and a half channels that we got on our black and white rabbit eared wrapped in aluminum foil TV, all right, sitting in the middle of the living room with uh, the you know, cord going outside and going up onto the roof to the, an the antenna. So that was our TV, two and a half stations. I remember maybe uh, CBS, NBC, and maybe half of PBS. And maybe I've got those mixed up. I don't remember exactly. I do remember NBC. I do remember NBC. Between CBS and ABC, I'm not sure which came first, but whichever it was, we had it, right? So, um, but you remember Sunday night programming. If you remember, you remember. If you know, you know, right? Wonderful world of Disney. But before that, Marlon Perkins' Wild Kingdom. Come on. It just didn't get much better than that. Yes, we got Walter's Mountain. Yes, we got Little House on the Prairie. Yes, you know, even go a little further, Happy Days. Oh, you know, okay, we got all that. But Sunday night programming, this was the bomb. Mom and I, mom and dad and, and, and me and Pam and, and Michael, we'd all sit down. Literally nothing kind of stopped us from watching Marlon Perkins. Remember Marlon? Remember his partner, Jim? <laughs> Jim Marlon was the older man. For those who don't know, you got to Google this. You got to Google this. Marlon's the older man. Marlon is, you know, very, very, very early stages of uh, the early form, I guess, of, oh, um, yeah, the Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin. So the early version, very early version of Steve Irwin, in a sense. Marlon Perkins, though, he was the original, he was the OG. He was the OG. He was the originator, the original. Going out into the wild, into the wilderness, yeah, but it was Jim, young Jim, that was always the one jumping on, on the backs of crocodiles and running away from charging rhinoceroses or uh, lions and tigers and bears, the obligatory oh my. And so, uh, but we watched that. And I think that, I'm pretty sure that was first. And then the wonderful world of Disney. 
And that was always, uh, you know, Herbie and the Love Bug, right? I mean, again, if you know, you know. But it was just great programming. So, and there were a few commercials. Now, there weren't as many commercials. I don't remember as many commercials during that programming, uh, during that time of life that, than, than as we do now. Uh, here, it seems like, you know, every 10 minutes we got commercials that sometimes last longer than the episode or the segment of the show you just watched. But we, um, we would be watching the show and sitting on the couch. Sometimes I, I remember me and Pam sitting cross-legged on the floor with the TV right on kind of in top, right in front of us. And we would watch, again, Orlin Perkins first. We have already had supper or lunch, but you got a snack. You got a snack. And here is where it got interesting. So remember, the commercials were not as long. So Pam and I, especially, I think Michael from time to time, but I remember it was normally me and Pam were the victims. We would sprint. So we lived in a house, 314 Helm Street, E-Town, Kentucky. And it was a kind of a military apartment house, if you will. So upstairs could be, there's a kitchen upstairs, there's a kitchen downstairs, and you could have, you could rent. As soon as you walked in the front door, there's the landing and then you could go upstairs. So you could basically split this up into some apartment living. So my bedroom was upstairs for the most time, most of what I remember in my childhood. But there's the living room. So you walk into the front door. There's the landing. Stairs are right in front of you. Immediate right is the living room. Okay. Then to the right through the living room, is what we turned into a bedroom, okay? Then, which regardless, kind of depending on which way you would go, if you went straight through the bedroom, you would go into the kitchen, then take a right to the kitchen. I'm sorry, to the, you know, go to the dining room and then right to the kitchen. Or you would go to the right in the bedroom and go right into the kitchen. So depending on which way you'd go, you'd end up in the kitchen for a snack. Well, not enough time to lollygag around. So we kind of sprinted, kind of, let's go. You know, Jim and Marlon are done wrestling the, the, the tiger or the ostrich or whatever. They've caught the peregrine falcon, whatever they've done. Let's go. We got to get our snacks. They, when we would run through that bedroom, well, that bedroom, the light was on. Would, the, light, the only light that would be on would be in the kitchen. Smokey, the 42-pound puma, thought it was, well, let's just say he thought he was the star of the show now of Marlon Perkins' wonderful, the, the Wow Kingdom, and he was the star because he would hide under the bed and he would take his paw and swipe at our feet. We're not talking retracted claws. We're talking full out and out claws. We're talking this ain't no fun, okay? We're talking, this is a puma swiping at our feet. And we would, you know, holler and scream and, you know, daddy and mama thought that we were just having fun with Smokey. No, 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 we're not having fun with Smokey. We're trying to survive Smokey, okay? And so we're running and we get to, now he would stay under the bed, but he'd come out just enough and he'd hiss, and he'd hiss right? He'd hiss and he'd swipe at you. I'm not, I'm not kidding about the size and girth of this, of this puma, of this, of this cat, a big, muscular, strong tomcat. 
And so, but we would run through the bedroom and get to the kitchen. And now here we get, we've got whatever we've got, right? Uh, we've got our snack, we've got our drinks. Now we got to go back. We got to go back. And so we never quite realized there was a back way. We could have gone through the dining room into another bedroom to the landing into the back, into the living room again. We could have done that. I think we were too panicked. I, th- I think we, <laughs> I think we were too, um, you know, just sometimes you just in the face of such danger, <laughs> I think you freeze, right? What is that called? Paralysis by analysis. I think we just didn't know. We just forgot. So we would run back and we would run back with our snacks in hand, drinks in hand, praying that we would survive. One time, I remember this so, so clearly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to outsmoke. I'm going to outsmoke. I'm going to outsmart Smokey. And uh, that's what happens when you're sitting by a fire for a podcast. But you're <laughs> outsmarting Smokey. I, I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. So I decide as I'm running through the, as I'm running through the, the bedroom, I jump on the bed. I jump on the bed and go across the bed, right? And guess what? He didn't follow. I'm thinking, ha ha, ha, I've got it now. So I get my snack in between Marlon and Jim and Walt Disney, right? Wonderful world of Disney. I'm coming back with my snack. I, I, I go into the bedroom, jump on the bed. And just as I jump on the bed, smoky, like slow motion, like pivots. He, he is almost like this. He springs from under the bed. At the same time, he's lurching on top of the bed now. And then almost like this twisting, pivoting motion, he comes from, from like going straight to twisting, coming toward me now. Literally, he latches onto my feet and my legs on top of the bed. I remember screaming, I think I'm going to die. I, I'm literally in the grasp of a 42-pound puma. <laughs> he was mean. Smokey was mean. I don't know what happened. I cannot remember, just for the life of me, I cannot remember what happened to Smokey. Chances are he you know, ran away or, again, joined a, a band of wolves or something. I don't know. Now, it wasn't the only cat experience of our lives. We um, After Smokey, who was always mean, always hostile, we... I don't know what possessed us. And I do use the word possessed. I don't know what possessed us. But for like a week, I'm not kidding, for a week, we owned a Siamese cat. Demon. Demons. Demon cat. Possessed. Wailing and crying and looking at you like, I'm going to kill you while you sleep. I know where you sleep. I know where you live. I will find you and I will kill you. I, we just, it was horrible. Probably a week or two of just absolute nightmarish howling and screaming. So we got rid of, we didn't, I don't think we even named it. Maybe, maybe Beelzebub. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what we named it, but whatever we named it, uh, if we named it anything, it was out of the house in probably, again, probably less than 14 days. I don't know how much time passed, but Mike, my brother worked at a, if I remember this correctly, he worked at a hotel as a night man, a night auditor. And I think I remember him finding Snowball, like a, I think it was pure Persian cat, but beautiful, beautiful white cat. And if I ever could say that I used to like cats or I could like a cat, it would be because of Snowball's legacy, not Smokey's. 
and not the demon cat. Snowball was literally my mama's cat for in, until, um, I want to say, I think until my mom passed. Um, and Snowball would curl up on mama's feet, you know, keep her warm. Just a sweet cat. So finally, finally <laughs> got a good one. So here's the point of all this. All right. The point of all this as we continue in this beautiful, ma- majestic, masterful chapter of, of Romans 8, right? We pick up a chapter, chapter 8, verse 5. Listen to this. It says, Paul says this, those who are dominated, remember that word, by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, all right? But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Amen. Pay attention to verse 7. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. Always hostile to God. Enter Smokey. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. Wow. Verse 7. Wow. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So this is the hard part of Romans 8. Starting at verse 9, next week we'll jump into some really good stuff. Oh my goodness, it's some of the best verses that I believe speak to the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. But this one is the one we've got to wrestle with right now. This is the one that's in front of us. Our sinful nature. So remember, Paul's been talking uh, chapter uh, 6 and 7. You know, he's reminding us sin is dead. The power of sin is dead. That's Romans 6. But we're going to wrestle. We're going to wrestle with with sin in in chapter 7. And we go back and forth. But there is a salvation. There is a saving grace. There is a power greater than sin. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And we'll, again, we'll jump right into the thick of that. We'll go into the deep end of that uh, next week. But right now, those two words, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, Think about sinful things. And then verse 7, that the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. Can somebody say Smokey, the 42-pound puma? That cat was never, ever going to be dominated by anyone or anything else. That cat ruled I think what is the saying? Dogs rule and cats drool. Not this one. This cat would eat dogs. <laughs> I mean, this dog, this cat dominated the house. Um, it dominated probably wherever it went, but certainly dominated the house and certainly dominated Sunday nights. And I cannot, as I sit here and think about Smokey, I, I don't remember a cuddly, purring Smokey. I don't. Now, Snowball... Yeah, snowball. Absolutely. Uh, we won't even talk about demon cat, Siamese demon cat. But the Smokey, I don't remember. Smokey did its own thing. He did He did his own thing. Smokey came and went whenever Smokey decided to come and, and went. Okay. Smokey um, attacked. Smokey was vicious. Smokey dominated. Smokey was hostile. And as I'm sitting here, I've read, as I'm reading these, these, these verses and just thinking back, I felt like the Holy Spirit brought Smokey to mind that 
we do have a choice here, but the choice, we have to understand the reality of this choice. If we live by our sinful nature, our sinful nature is not just some um, little uh, sinful area of our lives that, that we fail in at times. Our, our sinful nature is not um, just, you know, we do wrong every now and then. Get rid of the picture of an angel sitting on one shoulder and the devil sitting on the other. The sinful nature wants to dominate us. And, and that's what it wants to do in us. So first of all, it dominates us. It doesn't want it, we, we, are, we are never going to dominate the sinful nature by ourselves. We're never going to control it. We're never going to manage it. Um, just like Smokey, never, never. I don't remember Smokey ever having a collar. I don't ever remember Smokey crawling in someone's lap. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't remember that. I remember Smokey as being basically a cat that I feared. And, and a large 42-pounder. I, I just, I never remember this cat not being in charge. That's your sinful nature. Our sinful nature is, wants to dominate, wants to dominate our thinking, wants to dominate our actions, wants to dominate every part of us. So it, 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 scripture says, you know, Paul says in, in verse six, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Look at that word letting. That means we have a choice, friends. We don't have to let the sinful nature dominate us. But if we do, understand, it will dominate us. It will not have mercy on our souls. The sinful nature will not have mercy on us. The only one who has mercy, a God of mercy. The sinful nature, dominating, dominating. And then the second word, this hostile word, the sinful nature is hostile to God. It never has obeyed God and it never will. Smokey was hostile. I, I mean, just mean. I, 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 I've got some memories, none of them really like cuddly, like I said, and, and good, and nothing warm and fuzzy. The warm and fuzzy would be snowball, right? But this tomcat was always basically looking for a fight. This tomcat was always ready to swipe at, at you with its with its claws, and I remember many a time blood being drawn from my feet and from my ankles. And that one time when he <laughs> wrapped his claws around my legs, the lower part of my legs, I remember him biting me and leaving welts and marks and drawing blood. That is the picture of the sinful nature to God. Hostile, mean, ready for a fight never going to give in, never going to give up, always ready to fight God. Never has obeyed God, never will obey God. And, and I just pray that as we kind of really understand the, the depravity and the, the very real nature of our sinful nature. See, what's happened in our culture today, I think, friends, is we've, we've watered down and we've, we've made a sinful nature kind of friendly. Smokey was not friendly and neither is your sinful nature. Your sinful nature, our sinful nature can never, ever be friends with God, ever. And that's why the next part of this chapter is gonna be so crucial. And I think that's why Paul writes what he did by the power of the Holy Spirit 
in six and seven, understanding that sin leads to death and the power of sin is dead, but we have to, we, somehow or another, we have to appropriate that. We have to, we have to make sure that we apply something to our lives so that it, it is dead. And then this challenge, this battle, this back and forth and back and forth in Romans seven, because why? Because the sinful nature wants to dominate. The sinful nature is not going to go away quietly and easily. And the sinful nature is what? Always hostile. Always hostile. Praise be to God for this next part of Romans 8. Just beautiful, incredible, powerful verses coming up over the next several weeks. But we don't appreciate how good they are until we understand how dominating and how hostile our sinful nature really is. Be blessed as we continue to surrender to the Holy Spirit, the person and the power. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.